Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Covering the live betting angles for every game, this is VCN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds on VCN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour number three of VEASAN Live Bet Tonight, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Femi Bebefe, alongside my man Wes Reynolds here on a Wednesday night where a lot is going on. We got game one of the ALCS. Astros one out away from uh, taking game one here in the series 4-2. They lead it right now. Uh, we were talking during the break that there's some Houston Mm-hmm contingency in the sports book and i was wondering if maybe they're in town for texans raiders could be a a lot of teams now do that as kind of like their their trip baby you know and you know probably a lot of the stations in town do like a giveaway hey join insert team here for a trip to las vegas and you know put together packages together everybody has like these hospitality packages you know these event groups but <laughs> you see these ladies like we're yeah. for the viewing audience you're seeing like these are the ladies that have just been yelling yeah, every single the, the, the prayers have been answered <laughs> i'm like the prayers are really needed if you back the phoenix suns tonight that's what they're needed for <laughs> yeah because the astros uh you know locked this up uh after the fifth inning now uh, with that home run in the bottom of the six actually the two home runs so four to two final score <laughs> astros win game one of the alcs we were talking it's like Hey, if you're gonna be in town starting today all the way until Sunday, like that's an that's an aggressive choice, first of all, mm-hmm. to be in Las Vegas for that long if you're an out of towner. But hey, you might as well do it. Make a week out of it. You got game yeah. one and game two tomorrow night. Then you can do some see some shows Friday night, mm-hmm. Saturday night, and go to mm-hmm. the Allegiant Stadium for Texans Raiders on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So uh yeah, a lot of teams, a lot of teams do that, basically, yeah. you know, where they have 
you know, maybe for some of their season ticket holders or maybe some fans buying different packages. So uh, that's what we're uh, we're seeing here. We're seeing the Astros as a game one winner, mm -hmm. and now we're seeing them at DraftKings. I believe they are the first, and we'll kind of gauge the market, too, in this last hour, hour of the program. Minus 360. Thought it was going to be, you know, in the $3 to 350 range, it goes to minus 360. What is that? 295, 295 on, on New the New York Yankees. Yep. That's the, that's the number that's plus 295. Yeah. We believe the Yankees can win this series. And, I, and I'm always kind of not, not surprised, but it is also a kind of a little, it's like, all right, like the Astros did what they were supposed to do. They won game one at home. Mm -hmm. You know, like nothing has really changed. Like we're playing off the chalk, but I get it that like when you go down 0-1, now you have a less chance of winning because now you have to win four four out of six versus needing to win four out of seven from a probability standpoint. But seeing the drastic swings in the market, I mean, like they were minus 180 before this game to win the series. Now they go all the way to minus three. Yeah, they basically double like up you here. Double up like off of one game where we all knew the spot was pretty bad for New York. Mm -hmm. Yankees I, it seems by, a little aggressive. Yankees don't get a day off, by the way, either. No, they they got to go. They got to go back out again. So, uh, you know, three three games in a row. I mean, obviously, you do that all the time during the regular season. But now, uh, the uh, New York Yankees, you don't do that in the postseason necessarily. So they got to get back off the deck against Framber Valdez. So, is then the time to bet the Yankees if you want to get involved with New York in the series? Would it be after Game Two? You think? Uh, or do you think is could, it now? Could be. I mean, I want to see what the price is for tomorrow because Yankees uh, usually better against left-handed pitching, mm -hmm. and they are going to get a lefty tomorrow in Framber Valdez and a very good lefty at that. So we'll get the price up here uh, probably within the last, uh, maybe the next, I'm guessing, 20 to 25 minutes. We'll see it pretty much all over the market. So, uh, I'd, uh, you know, I'd be my, I'd be interested. I want to see what the price is. The side, I'd be interested in looking at the Yankees here, mm -hmm. Severino against Valdez, but I want to see so, what the number is. Uh, uh, when you say you want to see what the number is, is there a number that you have in mind, or are you already kind of telling yourself, I'm going to bet the Yankees, but I want the best price possible? Uh, I mean, uh, a little bit of both, I would say. Uh, just uh, looking at uh, what, what they closed tonight. Look, Justin Verlander closes 180, 185, the likely AL Cy Young winner. So, I'm expecting maybe Valdez to be about because look, they're going to tax it in a little bit too to say, oh, the Yankees got to win this one or they're going back to the stadium and the Bronx down 0 2. So I'm kind of thinking maybe it's going to be 150 plus 130, maybe 45 plus 25 uh, on the Yankees. If you see a Yankees, let's say it's best price plus 320 to win the series, does that interest you? I would certainly take a second look at it. A absolutely. But, I mean, I do think that the Astros are the better team. Yeah, so, they I mean, are you're basically, you know, if, I mean, if you have a, a good price, I think, on the Astros, and, and really not even necessarily at the money line, maybe you have them to win the American League mm -hmm. at a plus price, then that's where you may want to do a little bit of trade out where you can go ahead and get the Yankees. Uh, because we know that the Astros are going to be – relatively sizable favorites you would say over the Padres or the Phillies whoever come out of the National League. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you wanted to hedge anything. So I mean, this is probably your time where you do hedge if you, if you want to go ahead and do that unless you think you got the best of it and then hang on to what you got. No. I think that's sound advice uh, for those of you that are holding on to some Houston Astros tickets. Uh, right now late in the second quarter in the association, the Dallas Mavericks lead the Phoenix Suns 54 to 38 under 3 minutes ago. In the first half, I'm seeing Dallas right now on the money line at last posting 
minus 625, Phoenix plus 440 Mm -hmm. here in this game. And you were looking to see if Phoenix would show any sign of life. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to see if they can get to 10 or less by the half. It is 240 left to go, timeout on the floor. If they can get to maybe 10, I would think, okay, you know, maybe there's something here. But, yeah, they, they've looked absolutely lifeless down 54 to 38. They got beat by eight in the first quarter. They're getting beat by eight in the second quarter. Only 14 points for the Phoenix Suns right now. So uh, 240 left to go before halftime. Uh, meanwhile, getting a little bit more interesting in Salt Lake City. Uh, Jazz, of course, were up 22 at the half. Denver has now cut that lead to single digits, 98 to 89, minus four and a half are the Jazz in play, 228 and a half on the total. Uh, yeah, Denver, absolutely. They they did not come out with any energy, clearly, because this Utah Jazz team, of course, uh, we know what they're trying to do. They're part of the loserama for Wembenyama, basically traded their whole team, except for Michael Conley Jr. So new starting lineup pretty much out there in Utah. Kelly Olenek, Lori Markkinen, Jared Vanderbilt, Jordan Clarkson, and then, of course, Michael Conley. So they've got a lot of young players and a lot of movable contracts, and that's what they want to do. Meanwhile, what Denver wants to do is take the next step. Jamal Murray, by the way, back, only played 19 minutes tonight so far, eight minutes. Uh, Jokic, uh, 25 points on 11 of 14 shooting. So now you do have Denver a little bit healthier, and then they added uh, KCP. Contavious Caldwell Pope yeah. at the uh, at the two guard, and uh, you know I have a little bit of depth off the bench. They got some, they got some young guys there too. Uh, Jeff Green though, and Bruce Brown usually uh, bench mainstays and very good defenders. So now all of a sudden uh, Denver down nine here, seven forty eight to go. They were laying ten at the half, so that basically made them plus twelve for the game. Well, Denver five of nineteen from three point range. Like, like that to me is probably the story about why they're trailing so much. Yeah. Phoenix, or Utah, I should say, 14 of 32. You made 14 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on any given night, a team can get hot. And this is a situation where Utah's, I mean, as a team, if you're going to shoot 43, 44%, you'll take that every single night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and those are things, obviously, to look at, too. I mean, you want to say, you don't want to say, oh, they made a bunch of threes, there's regression. Sometimes teams make a bunch of threes every yeah. single night, but – that is something I, I like to do, maybe a little bit more so in college basketball than I do in NBA. But when you get teams that shoot above their usual in terms of the three, in terms of percentage, in terms of uh, makes, in terms of attempts, mm-hmm. that's often something you could go against and kind of zigzag the next game. Yeah, that's, that's something that we could look out for for the Utah Jazz here. But Denver looking to make a comeback right now. I'm going to see the latest line over at DraftKings. Right now, the at last posting because it's off the board. There were five and a half point dogs. Now actually six and a half. They just reposted it. Catching six and a half minus one twenty totals at two thirty three and a half here, and it's juiced towards the over mm-hmm. at minus one twenty. And with the situation being what it is, seven thirty to go in the ball game. Do you think Utah hangs on and just wins this thing, or should we? Be I think they probably hang on, but I think if if you bet the uh, second half for Denver, I think you're going to end up being good at minus yeah. ten. Even though Utah now going up eleven here with seven twenty nine left to go, you just wonder. I mean, you look, you got an MVP for Denver and Jokic. Can he will this team back into the ball game? Yeah. Two time MVP. We'll see what happens. Is the Denver Nuggets a lot of expectations for this team now that they have Murray and Porter back? But uh, so far off to a little bit of a choppy start there. But it is night one of 82 of these. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And we got one other <laughs> yeah. one here late. Portland 44 to 41. 
Minus 15, basically, on the money line. Both sides, actually, now Portland goes to one-and-a-half-point dogs, minus 120. Sacramento did get the money. They opened one, I think, closed three-and-a-half in the market. So leading scorer right now for all scorers, De'Aaron Fox with 13 in the first half. But obviously, these are teams that not much expectation. A little bit of a lower-scoring game than I thought it would go to be. Uh, 221-and-a-half. What was the... Uh, Closing total was around 230, so this could be a second-half over opportunity, I think, in Sacramento. Boy, looking at this uh, Phoenix and Dallas. Box, I right? think I think this it's... is gonna this is gonna be an L for Phoenix. I just don't yeah. see. I know in the NBA there's massive turnarounds, and this can happen very very quickly. But this this Phoenix team, they just look like they they're they're you know behind a couple steps. They don't have any energy and. You know, don't have, don't have any gas right away. And this is not a Dallas team that necessarily runs you off the floor. No. You know, they, this is not a team slow. that, yeah, this is not a team that really does a lot of transition. This is not a team that really rebounds very well or gets a lot of second chances in terms of the offensive rebounds. As you can see, only three offensive rebounds for the Dallas Mavericks. So we know what they want to do. They want to shoot the three ball, and that's exactly what they're doing. But you know, they're not going to quite be down 30 like they were in Game 7 in the West Finals, but, geez, almost a 20-point game already out in the Valley of the Sun. Have you seen DeAndre Aiden out there in the second quarter? I think ever since he picked up that third foul. Yeah, yeah, they, they've the sat him. He's only played seven minutes tonight. So maybe Aiden's presence back out there helps them defensively, but so far it's just been bad. It's been Devin Booker doing the scoring, and outside of that they can't really get much help. Chris Paul, two points on one of four shooting. For the Phoenix Suns. So it's looking like it's kind of a dud performance on mm-hmm. opening night there for Phoenix. But we'll monitor it and give you a second half number when we come back. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds. You know, the basketball nerds are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is v Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on v the sports betting network. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you haven't subscribed yet, VEASAN has a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99 to get a VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll we'll get everything VEASAN has to offer, including our 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to college bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You'll also get VEASAN's subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and World Cup. It's the best bet in the game, $99 for VEASAN Pro now the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet Tonight. Femi Bebfe alongside Wes Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking during the break, and I wanted to bring this conversation on the air because I think it might be fascinating for some of our viewers. Is the NBA the hardest sport to beat? It, it is for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody has their own strings, but it probably is the one for me, at least on preflop, because number one, obviously this early in the season, we don't know what the rotations are. We don't yet know what these teams are until we get about 15, 20 mm-hmm. games in the season. Then we at least have some sense of an idea, but also the fact that, you know, you're going to get guys that are sitting out certain nights and, you know, and, and, and learning all of that. It is for me. And that's why I went mostly like second halves and in game last year and did a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. than I usually do. I mean, I've beaten it pre-flop before, but it's not something I just do year after year after year. I think you really got to dig in the numbers. It's become more of a number sport than maybe necessarily a situational sport because you used to have those scheduling spots that you used to be able to play when you had four games and five nights, five and seven. Now you don't with this season kind of, you know, stretched out a little bit because it used to be it didn't start in mid-October. It started, you know, Halloween, Halloween or November yeah. 1st is when the NBA would start. So it's starting two weeks earlier, and because of that, they're able to get rid of those scheduling spots that I always used to like to play. So now you really got to be into the advanced numbers, you know, kind of like what Jonathan Von Doble does when he gets into the, okay, what were the non-garbage time minutes and cleaning the glass? I know he'll have some of that data and that information in his write-ups every day at vcin.com. But yeah, for me, I mean, you know, and maybe it's just, okay, the first couple nights start out slow because, yeah. you know, I've uh, I've gone over so far in the NBA, at least uh, from uh, pre-flop bets. But yet, but yet, like all my second half reads tonight are getting there pretty much, uh, you know, and, and just 
that's what I do is, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is zigzag because if you look, you know, some of these games, I'll give an example for the second half. We talked about it with the Knicks and the Grizzlies. Yep. Grizzlies won both quarters. Knicks, of course, win both the uh, third and the fourth quarter. And then they come back. They were only laying like two and a half at, at, the, uh, at the half. And it was 66-54 for the Knicks in the second half. So that's kind of a way I like to play. Another way, uh, like look at the Houston Rockets tonight. Lost the first quarter by six. Lost the second quarter by three. So, you know, uh, 10, point, 10 and a half point underdogs are down nine. It gets bet up to two and a half, but they covered. Now, that was a barely cover, too. So that wasn't, I think, as pronounced as that uh, Knicks example I gave. But uh, Chicago, Miami, I think another example. 61 points in the first quarter, 57 in the second quarter. This closed only 216 on the total. So they put out the second half total at 111. You only get, I believe, uh, if my math is correct, you only get a 106 in the second half. So that's a lot of the way I feel like I have to play the NBA to get winners is to get a lot of these uh, these second halves going on. Uh, another one, uh, Charlotte, or excuse me, not Charlotte, uh, Oklahoma City and Minnesota, 57 points in the first quarter, 60 in the second quarter, and then you go 57 and 49. It goes under 110 in the second half. So that is a lot of what I do. Look, it's impossible to watch every single NBA game yeah, you at can. the same time. So, you know, even if you're in a big book like this behind us where they're all on the screen. But I think that's also kind of like a good place to start here is to just just cut down on the card. Because like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's easy, and especially on a night like yeah. this where there's 12 games, it's easy yeah. to kind of really just go over everything. No, that's a good idea. But, but, but and that's why I'm only playing like just, one, two games a night. Not winning them, but, but, but playing them. But, but at least you're putting yourself in position yeah. To try yeah. to make yeah, because bets. because you don't want to you don't want to get like buried right away if you're going to start a season because a lot of times you'll start a season slow because everybody's unsure of their numbers betters are unsure of their numbers bookmakers are unsure of their numbers too so you know you don't want to you know even if you've put in the work I see a lot of guys that are really sharp in a certain sport and they usually start out kind of cold whether they're baseball guys yeah. or NHL guys or football what have you, they start out really slow. And then all of a sudden you get a little bit of a rhythm as you get these teams that have played multiple games, because it is so hard to, you know, judge a team just based on one game. Like you look at the Utah jazz right now, they are up uh, 11, by the way, they were getting seven at home. This is a team that everybody is looking at the tank for next year. And Danny Ainge, of course, the new GM president Mm -hmm. out there traded basically almost everybody on that roster. And he's doing so for a reason because he's like, okay, this team with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert went as far as they could go. So now we got to start anew basically. And that's what they're doing. And then they're beating Denver. So do I think Utah is going to be a great team? No, but you know, there's always going to be one or two teams that maybe surpass expectations and then a couple teams that fall uh, disappointingly short. I don't know if that's going to be the Phoenix Suns. certainly through 24 minutes. They have done so. And also, I mean, those teams are going to win games. Like, like their win totals are set in like what, like the low twenties and mm-hmm. all that. Which means they're going. There's going to be about twenty to twenty five. Yeah, nights it's very where rare they you win. get a fifteen and sixty seven <laughs> yeah. team in the like, NBA. That's, that's just not a situation that we're going to have there. But I think just it, it's for me. It's I kind of want to just look at the card and be like, all right, these are the two, three games. And for the folks at home as well, from a live betting perspective, because I think that's the way that that's probably the best way to bet this thing because mm-hmm. pre flop. Good luck. And there are people that do it, and I have mad respect for all of the people that are able to yeah, beat this and, thing. And, and I'll do more of it maybe a little bit during the tough. season once I get numbers. But 
Yeah, I'm going to be mostly a second half or an in-game better, I think, from the NBA. I think derivative markets yeah. are the way you kind of got to do this a little a little bit because the numbers uh, will get tighter, and then you have to obviously look at, look at patterns. And this is such a long season, too, where a team, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they can flip the script and like, okay, we're going to do something different. You know, we're going to be more of a, we're going to increase our tempo or we're going to slow our tempo and try to win on defense. So that's absolutely, absolutely what you're going to see. Uh, and what you're seeing now with the Dallas uh, Phoenix game at the half, seeing Phoenix money, not, not yeah. necessarily a surprise. I think I want to say this open six and a half now seeing sevens, uh, some seven and a halves out there. And, uh, you know, yeah, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. And that's the way I would bet it if I didn't have a preflop bet already, because Dallas, of course, wins the first two quarters pretty easily. You know, maybe Phoenix came out a little bit sluggish. It's opening night. Hey, welcome. We're, we're going to have a great year here. Thank you for supporting us to all the fans and all the season ticket holders. And then you come out and lay an egg in the first half. So I don't disagree with this move on Phoenix. That would be the only way I would play the second half. Uh, and I think um, there are some six and a halves out there, but basically minus seven across the board. So did you see enough? From Phoenix and the end. Of the I, I didn't half. see a lot, so that's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to play against momentum because they have no momentum, and I think that's what a lot of betters try to do in the second half. It's like, okay, I didn't see anything in the first half, so there's no way I can play the second half. And sometimes that can be a, a little bit of a mistake. And and look, that's kind of what I did a little bit with that Georgia State App State game in terms of mm-hmm. second half overs, fourteen to seven. The yards per play didn't look very much, but I was like. Well, they're not going to be this wrong on a total, I don't think, in October at 61. So that's what you got to do. And, and, and that's why I played the second half over, even though I didn't really see any momentum on either side. I think what I'm going to do here, Wes, is put a little quarter unit on Suns laying two and a half in the third quarter. Okay. I mean, that's what no, I'm that, that's actually a very another good way to play this. Let me actually look and see if I get some third quarter lines here on the screen and two and a half is actually a good number because I'm seeing some three and a yeah. half in the market. I found it over our friends over at Boyd Sports. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 probably is the way to do it, you know, and then that's certainly a way if you don't want to necessarily play the second half, okay, if you're gonna get the effort, you think it's gonna be the first several minutes of the third mm-hmm. quarter. So uh, you know, that's when you get to that play to how many points if they offer those for the second half. I usually don't get involved necessarily in those props from that standpoint here i am jumping back into the nba pool Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we talked about here but it's from Uh, an in-game perspective uh, here so it's laying two and a half with phoenix minus 106 over yeah hopefully no not too much chlorine in that pool to burn our eyes because that's what it's been doing to me the first two nights and this thing has been tough man yeah (laughs) like the props and everything has been difficult but you know what that's just kind of it's what it is mm-hmm. and it's it's not an easy sport to beat and like i've said i have a lot of respect for yeah. folks that do it because it is uh it, it can it, it's it, a it grind is, it's volatile it's, it's a just, grind it's volatile is, is the way i'll say it there and you know it's like, like you talk about like how like you can start cold like that was me in the nfl like i started cold like i was swimming in clv and none mm-hmm. of it mattered mm-hmm. but then you kind of get yourself into a little bit of a rhythm and yeah like, yeah you don't want to get overly discouraged you know uh, that, stick to your yeah, process yeah exactly i mean i'm 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 getting probably too overly discouraged because you want to think you're going to win every bet, but you're not, you know, so uh, a little bit cold uh, so far in the NBA, but there's plenty of time to turn it around and and getting closing line value. Doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win. No, it doesn't. You're going to, you're going (laughs) to lose with the best of it and you're going to win with the worst of it. Sometimes. Yes. You you just got to come to terms with that and just accept it and move on and, and know that if you stick to that process of where you're beating the numbers, eventually things will break your way. 
and hopefully the variants and all the crazy shenanigans also go your way mm-hmm. as well. So I'm in on the Phoenix Suns link, two and a half minus 106. We'll keep our eyes on what's going on in Utah as it appears the Jazz are going to go ahead and get win number one on night one for them out there in Salt Lake City. This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight. This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance. Friday night college football bet plus get Sunday football parlay insurance and more. Head to betrivers.com or download the BetRivers app today. It's a whole new game. Welcome back. This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight. Femi Bebfe alongside Wes Reynolds hanging out here on a Wednesday night. Uh, we have resumed play in Phoenix. Third quarter underway between the Mavs and the Suns, 62-45. I laid two and a half at minus 106 with the Suns here in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can show a little bit of life here. But Wes, you wanted to bring something up from the world of baseball. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting stat. Uh, we were uh, uh, Greg Peterson uh, came in and was like, yes, it's very rare that you uh, lose an over six and a half when you have five home runs. But maybe the counterbalance of that, this from uh, Sarah Langs at S Langs on Sport, who I believe uh, works for a network in Chicago, does some uh, stat work for MLB as well. The Yankees struck out, by the way, 17 times tonight. Wow. The Astros only struck out twice. The 15 strikeout differential between the two teams is the largest in a game in all of postseason history in Major League Baseball. That's crazy. The previous record, by the way, was 14. uh, Game one of the 1968 World Series, Bob Gibson struck out 17 Detroit Tigers. Denny McLean uh, struck out three uh, St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> wow. That, that, yeah. is, that is a stat of the night. Yeah, right look, there. and that's the thing with the Yankees, man. Are they going to be, you know, all or nothing? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's certainly what they've been. I think, what is it, 18 of their 22 runs in the postseason, by the way, have been via the home run. And, and also, we do have now a price out. Kind of where I thought it was going to be. Maybe uh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't as low as 125, but I thought in the dollar 30 range. And now we're seeing uh, at DraftKings minus 155 on Valdez, plus 135 on Luis Severino. There is a there is a faraway place though that's only dealing minus 140 on Houston and plus 116 on Severino. But basically, the market is anywhere between plus 130, plus 140. That's the side. I got to do a little more digging. I don't know. I might bet that overnight, but that's the side I certainly lean to. I think the Yankees, despite the fact that their woes in terms of, okay, they can only hit home runs, they don't get a lot of traffic on the base path, certainly this postseason, but they do hit lefties better. We got to do some shopping. If you want Houston there, you said minus 140 was the best price that you saw. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was a Chris uh, uh, just okay. basically here. Well, be and, careful when you're doing your shopping. Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> uh, minus 145 here at Circa Sports, plus 132 okay. for Luis Severino. All right. That'll be tomorrow's game number two at Minute Maid Park. First pitch set for 437 West Coast time, 637 over there in the central time zone. But, Wes, uh, we've been tabling this for a little bit, but I wanted to get to it before we wrapped up the show here in 30 minutes. 
College football. We had our buddy Matt Grill on mm-hmm. at 615. The DraftKings trading manager joins us every single week. One of our best segments that we do here each week. And we were talking about the week nine college football look ahead lines. And I think the most important thing that we do here with this segment is identifying which games we believe will move because we talked about like in the last segment, right. closing line value is kind of handicapped this week through next week. Yes. You, you kind of have to do that. And the game that I wanted to ask you about right off of the bat was this Notre Dame and Syracuse game because this is the game that I think a lot of folks looking at this who maybe not immersed in the betting space and just watch college football on their Saturdays are going to wonder, why is Notre Dame a favorite at Syracuse when the Orange are undefeated? Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame has lost as a big favorite to Stanford. They lost to Marshall. They've looked unimpressive against Cal. And they also lost to Ohio State. Right. So this is a fighting Irish team that's coming into the Carrier Dome as the favorite. And do you think, based on what we might happen this Saturday, do you think that this is a line that we have to bet right now, especially if you're in favor of the Irish, given that they're big favorites and the Syracuse Orange well, are big dogs? If you can figure out this Notre Dame team, then you're better, and then you're a better handicapper <laughs> than I necessarily, because I don't know if anybody can figure this team out. They they get beat at home by Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they barely beat Cal, but yet you look, uh, they dominate NC State on the road. I mean, absolutely, or North not Carolina. NC State, North Carolina, yeah. I should say. They absolutely killed them on the road. You know, they also had a really good game because I'll, I'll just go through the schedule here. They hung with Ohio State. They lose at home to Marshall. They barely get by Cal. They dominate down in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. They beat a very solid ranked BYU team out here at Allegiant Stadium. Then they lay an egg to Stanford last week. So, you know, my gut is telling me that they're probably going to lay the wood to the Rebels this weekend. The Rebels, obviously, they've fallen on hard times for injuries. I know uh, Marcus Arroyo does the coaches show here locally in Las Vegas. I think uh, uh, Steve Gofield is the host of that, I believe. Doug Brumfield, the uh, quarterback and uh, running back Aiden Robbins, likely going to be out for that Notre Dame game. Brumfeld has been dealing with a concussion, and really he has been their best quarterback. So we don't know yet if it's going to be Cameron Freel or Harrison Bailey, but UNLV just the last couple of weeks. Remember, they started out four and one. It's like, hey, maybe they got a chance at the Mountain West. Yeah. Then they go get boat raced by San Jose State, forty to seven. Air Force dominant, forty two to seven win. Rebels were done from the opening kickoff last week at Allegiant Stadium. So I think maybe this is a game where Notre Dame. It's a big number, twenty six and a half. But maybe they take their frustration out. And then, of course, you got to look on the other side with Syracuse. Now they are going to Clemson. And, you know, I I would kind of lean Clemson in the spot because I think that this is, okay, step up in class for Syracuse. Syracuse is 6-0, and and I hate to say this because I'd rather be a lucky 6-0 and than, and, uh, you know, than an average 3-3 three and three team. I'll take yeah. the lucky any time. But Syracuse has been very fortunate this year. If you look, they could have lost a couple games already this season. They could have lost to Virginia on that ugly Friday night game that we were in here for. They could have lost to uh, uh, Purdue. Purdue. They should have lost to Purdue. Purdue, I think, had like eight penalties on that final drive. So. That, was, that was the miracle over game. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, they, they could already have two losses. They beat NC State, but they got NC State without Devin Leary, the Wolfpack star quarterback. So now you go down to Death Valley and you face Clemson. Is, is this like a show them who's boss? Because now all of a sudden Clemson, who I don't think is a top four team, they're ranked number five. They've been okay. But they haven't been great. They haven't been the Clemson that we're used to seeing in the no. past uh, several years. Now, Not you know, they, they won by 10 over NC State. They dominated BC. Florida State actually had a chance to come back on them. Mike Norvell, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, questionable coaching decisions, I thought, in the fourth quarter. Clemson gets a win, but this could be maybe the one where it's like, okay, Dabo's saying, y'all getting disrespected. Nobody thinks we're any good. You know, we're leading the ACC. We're the best program in this conference. I haven't bet it yet. I do lean Clemson over Syracuse. So, with that being said, how is this line going to move? I could see Notre Dame like a field goal favorite next week. If, if Notre Dame lowers the boom on UNLV, obviously there's not going to be that much of an adjustment. But the adjustment's going to be made on the Syracuse side yep. if they go down to Clemson and get beat three or four touchdowns. Yeah, so that, like, that game jumps out to me immediately, mm-hmm. given what we have this week with that situation, that if you like Notre Dame, you, you should probably do it today. Now, yeah. that, injuries can happen and all that stuff, but – if you want to get a good number on the Fighting Irish when this reopens on Sunday, yeah, this is the game to bet here. And if you like, if you like Syracuse against Notre Dame, just mm-hmm. wait, <laughs> just wait until because all the way. You, through the next you know week. the Rebels are going to try. They're obviously going to be excited, you know, to play at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. I don't care what Notre Dame's record is at three and three, but I just see a little bit of an adjustment there because then it's going to be like if Syracuse gets boat raced. Hey, we told you they were frauds. We told you they were lucky. What about Ole Miss and Texas A&M? Because I know Ole Miss is in kind of a similar situation as Syracuse where a lot of people think that this is a fraudulent, unbeaten team. Mm-hmm. They're a dog right now. They went for, they flipped from favorite to dog against yeah. LSU this week. Do you have to bet Texas A&M right now laying two and a half? Yeah, does, this, does this cross I, over? I, I would certainly lean that way, and I did, by the way. I'm part of the uh, people that did bet LSU and maybe flip mm-hmm. that to a, to a favorite at this standpoint. I do like LSU in the, uh, in the situation here. Ole Miss, number three in the country in rushing offense, by the way. The only two ahead of them are the two, service, two of the three service academies, Air Force and Army, but – Jackson Dart not throwing the ball a lot down the field. I don't think Ole Miss has those playmaking receivers like they had with A.J. Brown and Metcalf and those guys in years past. So, you know, and they played a very soft schedule too, by the way, Ole Miss, and that's why I like LSU. I think LSU's been a little bit more tested. Meanwhile, A&M, they will go on the road to uh, face South Carolina. I think maybe that bye week could have been good for A&M, though, because they just nearly beat Alabama but now can Jimbo keep the Aggies interested and stay with the season? When you know the best you could do is maybe an 8-4, and 9-3 and three season, you're going to a middle-tier bowl, you're not going to be in the playoff, you're not going to be in the SEC title game. Seeing the three and a half, some of them disappear. Some people do like the Gamecocks here at three. That's a kind of a toss-up, flip-a-coin game for me, but... I would lean maybe to bet an A&M at, at home uh, with that defense because I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to run on Texas A&M like they've run roughshod over these kind of patsies that they have played so far this season. And, and I think there's just also like a little bit more urgency with some of these lookheads when they're around the key numbers. Like mm-hmm. like this Texas A&M game, like if you think that A&M is going to go ahead and win and Ole Miss is going to disappoint like the betting market's indicating, yes. that could be a full three. It could be three and a half. Who knows when we get to next Sunday. Or if you think that Notre Dame is going to cruise against UNLV and Syracuse is going to get beat up at Death Valley, that one definitely, I think, would get to three. We'll run down some more of these college football games and also wrap up the show on the other side. It's Vsin Live Bet Tonight. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get in on football action this season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Football Extravaganza. Compete free for a share of $55,000 in two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools, then Make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play free. Hulu plus live TV, like cable, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for the details. Uh, before we continue in this segment, I mentioned the tweet from uh, S. Langs on sports, Sarah Langs on Twitter, mm-hmm. about the strikeout discrepancy. She also has given a public service announcement. I don't think we can get this in the Circus Studio. Uh, apparently, Fernando Rodney is on the mound in the Mexican wow. League. Uh, I think they're doing their little series down there. So, uh, 
<laughs> pitching for the Gigantes. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the here's what I'm guessing. Here's what I'm guessing Fernando Rodney is going to do is he's going to walk the bases loaded and then he's going to strike out the side. <laughs> Boy, that was a hell of an experience when he used to be the closer for the <laughs> Yes. For everybody, man, because, yeah, because it's like, well, the dude's got good stuff. He does, but it's but, a wild ride. But man. that, but that control <laughs> uh, can uh, come and go as it pleases. So, uh, yeah, I wish we had that little Mexican series. I don't, I don't know where to find it, but uh, nevertheless, I just happened to see that on Twitter. I was like, wow, Fernando Rodney, what a blast from the past. The, the Fernando Rodney experience was a wild ride for every single team involved. Um, right now, the Phoenix Suns. Trying to make it a game. Yeah, they made it a little run. Right uh, got it down to six. But Single now I digits. think Dallas about to get it back to ten. But that's what you want to do. I think, you know, you wanted to cut mm-hmm. this lead. Uh, what what was this lead at the half? I, I want to say it was, it was like, 17. It was a 17-point lead. Yeah. yeah. So you want to, like, cut it in half. Get it to about eight or nine. Get it to be manageable. Uh, we know that now Phoenix uh, to cut this lead to eight, 21-12. And that's where the money came for the second half. And why wouldn't it when Dallas won both quarters? So, you know, maybe it was just a slow start for this team. Uh, Luca, by the way, 27 points, a perfect nine of nine from the line. So now Phoenix going to get a little lob in there to eight. And I think that yeah. is going to be an and one. So, uh, you know, that's what, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a team that, uh, you know, is able to at least show a little bit of fight. Cause there was no fight in the Phoenix suns in the first half. No, they look just kind of lifeless. And I'm sure Monty Williams kind of rallied the troops at halftime. said, Hey guys, we're getting our tail kicked by the team that sent us home mm-hmm. last year. So like, let's wake up and, and show some life. And, we're seeing a little bit of that life. DeAndre yeah. Aiden's back out there on the floor, so that's helping and, as well. And here's one of the thing. Like, this isn't a betting thing. This is more of a basketball geek thing. Luka Doncic, I mean, you, you can just appreciate his greatness, but you look at this Dallas offense, and I, I really hate this offense. I think you were saying yep. it during the break. It's like, I can't stand to watch this team. They're one of the worst teams to watch. It's, it's not about him being, like, ball dominant. It's kind of the fact that, Jason Kidd, I think, maybe thinks that movement inhibits spacing. And that's not true. Movement creates distraction for the defense. So that's what's frustrating to me to watch Dallas. That's why I think a lot of people love watching the Golden State Warriors, not just because they'll shoot it from everywhere on the floor, but the fact that they move. You know, they move, they cut, they screen. They don't just stand around at the three-point line. And, look, that's what you're basically seeing with Dallas. Four out, one in, you know. The big guy in there, and they just stand around the three-point line. And I just don't like that kind of offense. I like motion, and I like cutting yeah, it, and you're, screening. You're an Indiana fan. You like yeah, of course I do. I, that's what I was Bob raised Knight, on. I was Bob raised Knight at the motion. altar of the general, man. But, you know, and it but, doesn't yeah. even have to be that. But you just – But just move. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I hate – I hate dribble, dribble, dribble. Wait, like, wait till college basketball starts. You're gonna, you're gonna have enough of that. Like literally, when we're saying move, like they're statues. Yes, it's four guys statues. Yeah, waiting four for out, one in. It's same. like everybody, and then everybody, you know, America's play, high ball screen, mm-hmm. drive and <laughs> I like kick. The America's play. It, it is. That's what it is. It's like. Does anybody do anything like creative anymore, especially at the college level? Yeah. It's ridiculous. You get a backdoor cut here. You know, a little, little, little Princeton. Yes. Cut, you know? Run, run flex or just fist. some originality, please. It's tough. It is tough to watch that sort of basketball. And when it's the Dallas Mavericks, it's literally the three same scenarios mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single time they go down. And so you're court. wondering how, why the Suns are getting their butts kicked here. It's like they run three plays, guys. Yeah. But they do have Luka Doncic, and that certainly makes up for a lot of it. He makes up for a lot because he is a basketball wizard. But right now, over at DraftKings, that number is Dallas Link, five and a half. Total 216 and a half here um, for 
this game. But Phoenix has made it made it a game, so we'll see how that one unfolds in the second half. But I wanted to, Wes, get back to some of these college football games and ask you, because we've talked about Notre Dame, Syracuse, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. On this list, which includes Utah, Washington State, and these are next week's games, week nine, the college football look-ahead numbers over at DraftKings, the Utes laying seven. Then you have North Carolina at home laying four against Pitt. UCF at the bounce house against Cincinnati laying two and a half. Georgia in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party mm-hmm. laying 21 and a half against Jacksonville against Florida. Buckeyes 14 and a half point favorites against Penn State. Then Tennessee laying 14 against Kentucky. Michigan laying 23 and a half against Michigan State. And Kansas State three point favorites against Oklahoma yeah. State. Of those games that I just listed off here to our disposal, which one do you think is well, going to move? I will start with the Ohio State-Penn State game because uh, we do have actually both these. Uh, Minnesota, by the way, plays at Penn State. Penn State off their first loss at Michigan, and you know they got smacked around pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't stop that Michigan running game. So Michigan is a little bit more for real, I think, perhaps, than I gave them credit for. But Sean Clifford uh, battling that shoulder injury, so he is going to be questionable. So uh, we've seen the we've seen the Penn State backup at least a little bit uh, a few times this year. So uh, Tanner Morgan also questionable on the Minnesota side. So you wonder if if it's a, if it's an injury issue, that's certainly going to move. You would think on the Ohio State side, but you brought up a really good point earlier to Matt Grill. This is not that whiteout game either. No. So, uh, you know, at, at 8 o'clock on Eastern on a Saturday night. So does that take away a little bit of Penn State's home field or, or a little bit of Penn State's advantage? And I think it very well could. Ohio State. And, and just quick yeah. interrupt here. He said it was like half a point, one point, which is not yeah. the most massive thing. But it, but it still but matters. Something. Yeah. yeah, it still matters. By the way, Ohio State laying 30, 30 and a half, even at some spots to uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. You know, Femi, that would al- honestly almost be an automatic take for me because I'm like, this Iowa defense is freaking amazing. <laughs> They're, you know, they got to be one of the top 10, 15 defenses in the country. It's like, but, man, they can't score. I, was yeah, say, I mean, they're just under. so frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. When do you see an Ohio State game with a total of 49 and a half? Ever. Ohio State, by the way, uh, take out that Notre Dame game. They've scored 45 against Arkansas State, 77 against Toledo, 52 against Wisconsin. It's pretty solid defense in their own right. 49 against Rutgers and 49 on the road against Sparty. They come off the bye week this week, and the total is 49 and a half. (laughs) I'm like, do I dare take an under at at 80, even some 49 out there with Ohio State? Man. I mean, mean, maybe it's going to be 48 to nothing. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it maybe it hangs under. Uh, uh, whatever happens, I think that's going to be Ryan Day trying to kind of put CJ Stroud yeah. back into the Heisman. He he does, and then and it's going to be like, okay, how much you know? Because Kirk Ferentz is the dean of the conference, yeah. longest tenured coach. It's like, how much do I want to run it up Kirk Ferentz's backside here? And I don't know. Maybe Ryan Day is going to be a little bit nice. Certainly, wasn't nice to Greg Schiano when he was faking the punt. You know, up <laughs> thirty nine points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and him and Shiano had some words about that. Yeah. I think Ryan Day was trying to say, hey, I didn't call that. You know, that's just a call that they have, and they saw something. You know, he's trying to kind of uh, pass the buck to his players a little bit. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't mind when anybody runs it up on Greg Shiano, the shenanigans that yeah. he does at the end of the games, diving at offensive lines, legs. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, if anyone that deserves to get a run up on them and even some more, it's a Greg Shiano's Rutgers team. Um any of the other games that stand out to you here while we have a couple minutes left? Yeah, I was looking at Cincinnati and UCF. UCF a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So that's basically 
a pick them on a neutral site, you would think. Because Cincinnati, I agree with Matt Grill and the trading team over there. I think that they're still power rated number one, but this is not really a great Cincinnati team when you look at it. They are way down, I think, from last year, even though they only have that one loss at Arkansas. If you look at what Cincinnati has done this year, they started out, they, you expected them to lose at Arkansas, and then they beat Kennesaw State. You know, had an early pick six, and then they had to stop Tulsa at fourth and goal on the one-yard line late in the game. A bad Indiana team, my alma mater, was down, I think, like 38 to 10 at the half. And Indiana actually got back in the game, and Cincinnati, uh, you know, they they got a uh, – Indiana went for it in their own territory. Cincinnati got a meaningless touchdown to cover the spread. They went against Miami of Ohio's backup quarterback, pulled away after a shaky first mm-hmm. half, and then South Florida led in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati. So they could get upset at SMU this week, and uh, you're starting to see that number, I think, drop from three and a half to three. You think that ends up going then to UCF? Maybe three three and a half, three, three three and a half, because UCF, after a couple shaky performances, seems like they're figuring it out. And that reiterates our point from earlier this hour. Focus on some of those games that are around those key numbers when you're betting the look-head numbers, because those is where you can get the most equity from Mm -hmm. a win probability standpoint. And that was our pro tip for the hour. All of our pro tips are all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers at VEASAN.com slash tips. That does it for us on a Wednesday night, tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Saints Cardinals should be a lot of fun. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Femi Abebefe. For our producer, Aaron Oser and the entire crew behind the glass, wishing you all the best of luck. Let's get a winner. Coming up next, the Greg Peterson Experience here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free 